As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy Monday morning if you're listening. Happy Sunday if you are watching. Lots of spring games to digest, Ari, but I think we need to start in a snowy Boulder, Colorado, where there was a big crowd at Folsom Field and basically a practice. I mean, they they broke into seven on seven after some 11 on 11 stuff pretty quick there at Colorado, but People were jacked to see Deion Sanders in a cowboy hat coaching football. So what's uh, to you the most pertinent thing to discuss from that? Is it the turnout and the enthusiasm or anything you saw on the screen? The enthusiasm. Because what I saw saw on the field was a roster that that is going to have some problems when they play like a Washington or a USC or or an Oregon. Yeah. Okay, so you told me before the show that you had a take uh, about Colorado football. First off, if you didn't see the Colorado Spring game, would you say it was 75%, 80% full the stadium? Yes. And it was snowing and in the 30s. So let's 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 yes. not forget that. So it was yeah. cold. It's just it's almost like you you uh just look at that alone and it's like Dion's going to be there for a long time. You know, if if it's not him leaving voluntarily right yeah exactly yeah Uh, but it's just like the i mean i'm sure there's other coaches that could have done that uh turnaround in terms of getting people i'm not who who else can you hire other than maybe nick saban or lincoln riley or brian kelly i think that you you could make the actual case that colorado's enthusiasm by percentage point increased higher than USC's did when they got Lincoln. I would agree with that. I would agree with that uh-huh. because USC was already USC was already excited about football. Like even though they were not happy with the way the Clay Helton era ended, it was it's still a fan base that loves the team that that loves football. Colorado was dead in terms of of enthusiasm. There was right. nothing there. Well, I was texting Dave Ubbin, who I really, really envy because he's going to be like our quasi-Colorado guy who gets to go to Boulder every three weeks. Seriously, I hope there's direct flights between Knoxville and – I mean, and honestly, Denver. though, like, 
we're gonna have to have a discussion off the air and i'm gonna broach it on the air but i don't know who created this arrangement for him but i'm kind of salty about it and i kind of think, think he did because, it for himself because he's smart well no listen i have a thought and i told him this but remember when we were in vegas for our shows mm-hmm. and our editor called us and said hey ari do you want to go to boulder today and i couldn't because of the vegas shows you blew it i blew it could i have could i have like f- had that gig yes I'm closer than he look, is. Like when when someone meets you, they love you. So you would have yeah. been in there. You would have been yeah. in all the videos. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but uh, I I'm happy for Dave. He's he's a tremendous reporter and does great work. And if you didn't read his stories from this from their spring game, multiple stories, including the 98 year old fan, he did a pretty in depth dive she on. She was in great shape for 98. She's better shape than I am. I'm, I'm not for <laughs> that anybody. Was incredible. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, complete comprehensive coverage from him. Good job. I'm just a little jealous and salty about it. But <laughs> we had some discussions about Colorado. Yeah. Um, one in, and we'll, do you want to do your take first, or do you want me to start downloading my rapid fire take? I thoughts? think I think people have figured out what my take is. They succeeded already with this hire because people are excited about a program that no one was excited about before. Yeah. Like it almost feels like the, house money, right? Yeah. This is the entertainment business. You got people to show up. No one yeah. was showing up. And and again, I just named a few. Name me the coaches that you could have hired realistically at Colorado. Because Nick Saban no, wouldn't none. have come. Not realistically. There is no, no one Colorado yeah. could have realistically hired who would have generated anything close to that response. And I wonder how many programs or athletic directors are like kicking themselves of like, we blew it. Or like we were late to the party or we should have seen this coming. Well, here's the thing. I think if you're like Auburn, it's not the same thing. because You don't need as, the same thing if you're Auburn, though. Right. As long as you win, yeah. you're, it's a packed house. They love you. Yeah. They're, they're donating but money. How many, how many programs that. were on the verge of dead or you know, were on, on their deathbeds that could have used this bump? I mean, the, Colorado was the one that needed it the most. You know, Arizona State, you can say maybe them. But I think Kenny Dillingham's a good fit there. Would there have been more people I also still think at that Sun Devil Stadium State, with, with Deion Sanders? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Arizona State is is uh, woundly, or wounded and injured. I don't know if they were as close to dead as Colorado. Right. Like, he, he brought them back from life. So, okay. Dave sent me this text last night, and I want to know what your thought process is. Um, he right. said, I would love to see what Deion Sanders would do at a program that doesn't have a ceiling. Which is an implication that he believes that Colorado does, you know, facilities, location, all the things that Colorado traditionally has working against it. Dion would have to overcome. And I was thinking about it and I think I agree with him, but let's just say everything comes up Dion for the next three or four years. Like if everything goes perfectly for this man, could he raise Colorado to a point where the ceiling that we perceive exists today is no longer there? He can raise the ceiling. He can't eliminate the ceiling. Like, do you think that if he was there for 20 years, he could win a national title there in year 15 or 20? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I that At that long, yes, I think you can do – Clemson's a good example of that. Clemson – now, Clemson's Clemson a was always bit, a good program, though. It was always a good it? program, always had a very passionate, devoted fan base, always acted like an SEC school, even if it wasn't in the SEC. So – but – it was historically mediocre. I mean, between that national title in 1981 and when they became a power again, they were pretty mid. 
But it's like even things like their their stadium holds 50,000 people. And yeah. it's kind of an older knees renovations right. type stadium. Like I'm just like saying like just normal things that you would expect from a powerhouse program. Like could Dion be the catalyst that fixes everything and makes Colorado a hotbed? Or will it always be, holy crap, look what Dion did despite the fact that he's at Colorado? I think if you're there long enough and you're winning, you can build into whatever you need to. I just think if you win there, there are going to be so many people throwing jobs at you that you're going to take one of the ones that doesn't have that kind of ceiling on it. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I guess like Colorado could be a life calling. Like, cause to me, right. I was thinking Dion has it really made right now because he's at a place that people that you could conceivably recruit to. It's a power five, you know, at the moment job. It's in a beautiful location and he has a runway that he probably would not have in terms of being stuck with at 90% of other places well, and, because they were this, in dire need of him. This also means you have time. Cause again, if you watch the spring game, you're looking at it and going, so I'm looking at their schedule now, TCU, Nebraska, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Oregon state, Utah. Like these are teams that that roster is going to struggle a lot with. Yeah. See, because they're just not, they're not probably not physically big enough to play with a lot of those teams. I, I think some of the skill talent they've brought in is going to be very helpful, but they've got to get better on both lines of scrimmage it's not going to be as quick of a turnaround as Jackson state was. So it, yeah. he's going to need time. Yeah. So, but he, he gets that time. Cause it's like, I think he would need that time everywhere, but I don't know if every program that could have hired him would have been as understanding of it as Colorado will be. Like, I think as long as Colorado has fan buying and people paying attention and talking about them, that's like ahead of the curve of what they were ever going to be anyway. So they can, yeah. they, they can sustain more six or seven but lost seasons this, in the future than this than is what otherwise. I say about programs though, that, that, kind of need the pub when they hire a boring coach why did you do that yeah. that's the stupidest thing you can do because even if you're going to stink you might as well make more money while you're doing it you know exactly um but yeah so i don't know that i would take the i think the over under on their season win total is like six or something or isn't even five and a half or something like that under i think it might be under um yeah so like, i didn't watch that game but so he, i have one on the field related thought process mm-hmm and, uh, and it struck me, and I texted you about it yesterday, Andy, when Deion Sanders said that Travis Hunter could be a top five pick at corner or receiver. And, of course, you know, you mentioned a person that it should have just come straight to my mind and Charles Woodson as an example of that. But is Travis Hunter a legitimate Heisman? Like, everybody was talking about Shadur. But, mm -hmm. like, could Travis Hunter, like, if he was just a badass lockdown corner – who scores 10, 10 touchdowns, but also has like four picks and a pick six and a punt return or whatever it is that he does. Like in Colorado is one of the more entertaining teams to watch for whatever reason. Like, could he overcome five, six, seven losses and win a Heisman there? Or do you have to be good? You've got to be like an all American corner and the best receiver on the team, like the leading receiver on the team, I, which is hard to do, but that would, that would probably help. I mean, there's just not been a lot of legitimate, two-way players uh who was it i chris gamble at ohio state was a two-way yeah. player during the 2002 season stanford had one during the harbor harbor era yeah uh, owen marisic a linebacker fullback uh last year jack coletto at oregon state was it was a two-way player but it was more of a package player on offense so i think you you would to do that for a program that is not going to be good you know or like a conference title contender type program you would have to be first-team All-America corner and the leading receiver. Which, 
Possible? There? Yeah. Possible? It, it really, it, can you do it physically? It's, it's just, that's so, a hard, so let me ask you this. If you were the, the body, yeah. The, the bookmaker who has better odds to win the Heisman next year, Shadour Sanders or Travis Hunter? Uh, neither. <laughs> the field. If you had to pick between those two, who has better odds? I'd pick Travis Hunter because he's going to be the more interesting story. Because like I also think story too, matters. I think story Sh- matters a lot in the Heisman. Yeah. Shadour Sanders is, uh, you know, then has the name on his jersey. But like but Travis Hunter is Mr. Dion. Let's, let's be Mr. honest. Is Shador Sanders going to put up the best numbers even in the Pac-12 for any quarterback? You're in the he, same league as Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. and Caleb Williams. Like they're going to put up massive numbers. Yeah. Also, too, you'd have to – I think that winning is more emphasis on the quarterback position in that discussion than it would be at non-quarterback positions. So, like, if you were going to be a 500 team or a team that's below right. 500 and going to New York, you I don't think you could be the quarterback of that team. So, right. Because, like, everybody like, was talking. you win more? If you go look at, like, preseason Heisman uh, dark horses or whatever, Shador Sanders is number one on every single one of those lists. And I think it's interesting that in year one of Deion Sanders' era, he's not even the Where, best candidate on his own Carson team. Carson Beck on those lists? He should be high. Go I bet mean, on I, Carson Beck, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I like, we're he's, talking going, about Colorado. he's probably going I mean, to New York. So and I know Hunter caught a touchdown that I could have caught. You could have, do you think you and I could have made that play if we both were on? I was I'd pretty probably open. Have the, <laughs> I'd have to be the one on throwing it, I think. But um, he is legitimately amazing. And he was the one that took the leap of leap of faith to go to Jackson state. And I think you absorb, like you said, that story. Mm-hmm. If it, if it correlates with being a dominant player on both sides of the ball in a power five conference, then I just and I hey, wanted, what if what if Colorado's a lot better than we think they're going to be? I don't know if our, our eyes. Oh, if, if are, they're better, remember what I said about the story aspect of it. That just increases yeah, that. In- and and I think I, I tweeted this on Saturday. Like they need to let him wear the gray uniform every game. Like, like, like Colorado should wear white or black jerseys, and then he wears the gray like the libero in volleyball. Like, Is that hey, against I'm the playing rules? Everywhere. Yes, it's against the rules. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great idea. So, yeah. No, so is, yeah, that that what to me was it was interesting, but I when, am when, very curious to see like what Hunter can do. Like I don't know yeah. that I don't think that Colorado has enough dudes on its team to be a very good football team this year. Not and I'm very curious to see how Dion's going to handle it when they don't win, especially in a Pac-12 that is deeper. I think that it's been in ten years. I mean, this is right. It's a deep league. This is like Washington is good. Oregon is good. USC is good. Utah is still very, very good. You know, Oregon State is really good. There's a and lot really good to coaches too. Yes. So this is this is going to be hard for them. But listen, if they are close to bowl eligibility, I'm all in because this is as tough as that league's going to get for them. Right. And if right. they keep getting better, they're in really good shape. So, but I'm telling you. I, I was I turned the thing on. I was watching some of the Nebraska spring game, and I I flipped to to Colorado just as it started, and that sweeping shot of Folsom Field, snow falling, everybody in the stands going nuts. I was like, they've already won. Doesn't matter what happens this year, they've already won. Yes, uh, that's funny, uh, but true, you know. And that's like also the entire reason why he was probably should have been more marketable of a candidate for a lot of places than he actually was. I think people um, overthink this. And I'm going to steal this too from Dave Ubbin. 
because we were just texting about this late last night. Um, Deion Sanders, head coach of Florida State, as Florida State goes into the SEC in 2029. Who says no? <laughs> oh, man. You're just you're stirring the ACC pot and all it's that. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Who's, who says no? Mike Norvell, maybe? But other than that, I think everybody's pretty happy. <laughs> Everybody's okay with that. No, Mike Norvell's doing a real good job. I don't know if you saw any of their spring game no, yesterday, but they're that that program is feeling very stable and secure right now, which is not something you would have said about Florida State two or three years ago. Yes, yes. I'm excited to see how it all pans out for sure. Yeah. So the Dion thing, again, you're in the entertainment business. You hire a coach to get people excited. No one gets people more excited than Deion Sanders. There you go. Maybe well, maybe Nick Saban because I, I believe Alabama had. I, I think Bryant Denny was a, at a hundred thousand capacity his first year. Whatever it is, they were turning people away for their spring game when when Saban got there. But other if than Saban that, were the head coach at Colorado though, it been sold out, right? Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly, but there's not that. There's just not that many people. There's even really good coaches, accomplished coaches, that if you hire like. Let's say Ryan Day had said, screw this Ohio State stuff. I'm going to coach Colorado. Nope. That crowd nope. wouldn't have been there yesterday. It's nothing nope. against Ryan Day. He just doesn't yeah. light the fire like Dion does. Yeah. And Dion, too, just like was walking around doing interviews, yelling at the sideline to make a play while he was doing interviews. Like, I don't know very many coaches who do that. You know, like it's just going to be a different experience. And I think the fact that. Dion is a great personality and is different than most people that have been in his position is one thing, but the way that he approaches the entertainment factor of it, I think that like nobody understands that it's an entertainment fact, you know, product more than he does. Do, do you, do you want your own? We come in hooded jacket. Cause that's like that line of, of Dion clothing. I'm here for, do you know how much yeah. of that stuff you could sell right now? That's true. I uh, am super curious, Andy, if they stink in year two or three, what it's going to look like, though. Well, then it goes away. But you know what? Yeah. All the other people they could have hired, it would have been gone already. Yeah. Well, the thing I want to know, though, is just like how also too, like the content machine. Mm-hmm. Like everything's live on YouTube. Anything, you know, you can yep. get whatever you want. The The hoodies and the screaming on the sidelines. You know, you know, I ain't hard to find all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Very curious what losing Dion looks like. Oh, that it, it may change. I mean, you notice Jim Harbaugh adjusted his strategy for a while he when did. they weren't beating Ohio State and and stopped climbing trees and he, yeah. he stopped doing satellite all camps that and all that went stuff. Away. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's and and I think Dion's going to have to deal with that this year. It's not going to be winning right away like at jackson state probably it probably will take a little while to get it going but i i do have faith in him to get a really deep roster there within a few years and they will be competitive in whatever league they're in whatever their league looks like and by the time that that happens usc and ucla will be gone or they'll be gone colorado like Mm -hmm. oh yeah right that's why i said whatever their league looks like whether yeah new version of the pac-12 whether it's if they go to the Big 12, they will have a deep and competitive roster within a few years. He's going to be able to do that. Whether, whether it becomes a dominant program in its league, 
that's that's the next step. That's what he has to prove. And and we'll see if he can. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be fun to watch though, because it just you couldn't take your eyes off that deal on Saturday, and it was just it was just a practice. Like it wasn't even a, 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 a spring scrimmage, really. Not a game. Yeah. Not a game. Practice. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Allen Iverson. <laughs> when we come back, though, we'll talk about another spring game that looked a little bit different in terms of rosters. Alabama searching for a starting quarterback. You saw two potential starters going at it. You saw some young guys coming in. What did we learn? We'll talk about it when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back. So, Alabama held a spring game. Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, we got to see them play quite a bit. Uh, My takeaway of watching the two guys that are clearly battling it out for the starting job, Alabama's defense is going to be really good. Yeah. They did not get much time to throw. Yeah. And and takes on offense, which is what we're here for. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I see. This is the, this is the thing. And this goes back to what we were talking about last week, you can set your spring game up to be whatever you want it to be. Right. And I said, you know, if you want to get the fans off your back, just let your QBs throw a bunch of touchdowns, let your defense be very vanilla. But in Nick Saban's case, he doesn't need that. Like, He's the greatest of all time. The fans love him. You don't, that's not even a, a question. You want to challenge these guys and see who rises to the challenge. And boy, did they try to challenge them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, too, because like that's going to be the difference maker, we think, of whether or not Alabama's in the playoff, right? Like, I mean, if they find the right quarterback, right. they've got a new offensive coordinator, their offensive line. Uh, are they going to have a receiver step up and, and be what they need him to be? Uh, after that was an issue last year, you know, and there's, you got to replace Jameer Gibbs. There's a lot of question marks on that side of the ball. And, you know, I'm usually the person that's just like, well, you know, when you sign 15 top 100 players a year, uh, you'll just figure it out. Um, But I do think that it's worthy of a discussion because like, I don't know, like, let's just say Alabama loses three games this year. Like, are you worried about the dynasty then? Well, I think at that point you you can say they'd been surpassed. Assuming Georgia does what we think they're going to do, and and LSU is the other team that that beats them, and then I guess there would be one other one in there. Maybe, well, I, I, if they lost three, they don't even get to Georgia. So that would be very interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at that point, then you then you start wondering, is this going to come back? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to be able to score very much on that defense. To make that happen, and I guess I re- I know Tennessee put fifty two on them last year. I know that, but they got a chance of being very good on that side of the ball. And the offense, I mean, 
not being able to block those guys, I don't know how much that tells me. Andy, I want to ask you a pointed question right now because oh, it's no, a podcast and it's entertainment. That's Hold right. On, We're in the entertainment business. Bit. Sorry. Hold on. Right now. Right now. Oh, God. Gun to the head. Oh, no. Truth serum. Oh, boy. Who wins the Texas-Alabama game? Alabama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to do I my podcast. Ask me here. something harder than that. No, you. No, I, oh, I'm not sure. I'm 100% sure about that. Uh, I I feel good about I, that. If it were in Austin, maybe I wouldn't feel as good. I feel pretty good about that game in Bryant Denny. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not oh. going to say anything. I can't do it. Oh, I, you like, I am convinced you, that you, Texas is going to be good this year. Oh no, the orange Kool Aid is coursing through your veins. I am convinced. I I'm convinced. And against my better judgment, you know, they stink. Okay. I just want to call them if they've stunk. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got angry at me about a Texas fan last why? year. Last week. Yeah. Why were the Texas fans mad at you? You were just talking. Oh, about- I wrote a call about Texas. Yeah. Well, people don't like the truth, even if it's, if it's math based. They should um, like that. They should like that because it, it, it tells you what's been going on and what needs to be fixed. Right. They compl- and I think they people- complain about that on their own message boards. Maybe that's one of those cases of, you can't we're say allowed it, to say can. it but you can. Yeah. yeah 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 right right but also too like the timing of it was kind of it, it wasn't intentional the timing was weird because it came after we found the information it wasn't because i wanted to rain on their parade you know uh but the statistic that Bijan's going to be the first first rounder um since vince young in 2006 is like a staggering statistic that like i cannot fathom being true first offensive first rounder offensive let's, let's first not, rounder yes not besmirch yeah, but first offensive malcolm brown okay um but i i think that like that game last year was close and i get that it was in austin um but i wouldn't have given texas a shot in a million yeah. years i mean alabama, i still think alabama alabama's gonna win this year game that game. yeah i think alabama's gonna win this year it could be a tough game andy like if if, if texas's offense is awesome like we think it's right. going to be and they score 38 points, 34 right. points. It's not even, even if Alabama's defense is good, if you're playing against a very high powered offense, as we saw last year, Alabama's defense was good against most opponents, but against Tennessee's, they gave up 52. So, year, would you take the best defense or the best offense if offense. you like knew have one or the other one? Best offense. The best offense tends to win. Like even in these playoff games, the teams that have great defenses still give up 31 points, 38 points. Right. You, need, you need a you need a serviceable defense, which is which is why Georgia beat Ohio State. Like Georgia had a serviceable defense that still got torched. But yeah. Ohio State had a bad for that level of team defense, and they got torched more. And they lost at the end despite having the best offense potentially right people think it was the best off i think that there are some question about whether it actually was it's like most exciting and most aerial attack is what we like to watch but i don't know if that makes you the best because if you go look at ohio state's offensive numbers in the biggest games the last few years that's not really as impressive as you think yeah i I want the team i want the team that can throw when it needs to throw and run when it needs to run and yes george is actually probably the better the the better version of that the more balanced version of we'll do whatever we need to do to beat you yeah um, and I think Ohio State's trying to get back to that, but I don't know. Like, I think we're going to know pretty early on in the year what Alabama is. And I think it obviously starts with who you think the quarterback should be or who they think the quarterback should be. And 
I think the both of us agree think, that the I, two that it's between aren't the best looking yeah. on Saturday. I so there was the Tyler Van Dyke rumor, and then uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like Van Dyke's moving from Miami. It sounded like that that got squared away. And didn't Miami's official Twitter account say post a picture of him over the weekend and saying like I love I love Coral Gables or something? Yeah. Well, who doesn't love Coral Gables? Let's be honest. And yeah, I don't know who doesn't. But so it, I think it's going to be somebody on their roster. And Saban got the question about, you know, do you want to, would you, would you consider taking someone? He left it. He left the door wide open. Like if somebody wants to come, come on. I'm not sure who that quarterback would be. If that would happen. Are we I sure think, that Tyler Van Dyke is an upgrade from those two anyway? I, I think it's going to be Milrow after watching. I, I That's who I think it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's going to be Milrow. The, the quarterback that I was most impressed watching, but again, you uh, because you can make a spring game look and be whatever you want it to be. I like Dylan Lonergan, the freshman. I thought he looked very poised in there. Obviously, they're they're sending a different challenge at Milrow and Simpson than they were sending at Dylan Lonergan and Eli Holst. Yeah. This is a podcast, right? This is a podcast. starting quarterback, Malik Murphy. safe space. I think do we have a right, so for those who are listening and not watching, Ari Ari ducked below the desk again. Is it are, are you only gonna duck below the desk when you say things about Texas? Yes. Is that is that how this is gonna work from now on? Yeah, whenever like, I say anything that's remotely Texas related, I think I'm gonna duck under the desk. But like yeah. I also too, like I could watch Malik Murphy on on Sat or when Texas had their spring game and be like, that guy could start next year somewhere. But Okay, well, let's have that, the Malik Murphy conversation again, but let me throw another name at you because we, we, we're talking Malik Murphy where the SEC teams would try to take him because he's not in, an, in not, not in an SEC program right now, though Texas will be a year from now. The non-SEC teams, would they do the same thing to get Garrett Nussmeyer from LSU? Because he looked good again. He looked good yeah. when they put him in the SEC championship game. But it's always Howard's back gone. down to the – it just boils down to the same thing always, Andy. It's like, how much stock can you put into this one thing that's on television? And it's like, do you think that you can identify a starting caliber player by watching him in a spring game? No, you you absolutely can't. So that's like, it's like, I we was joking completely. I, t- I texted Ari on Saturday, completely joking. I was like, I've watched four series with four different quarterbacks and I've decided like Dylan, that Dylan Lonergan should start for Alabama. Completely but the fact that joke. you watched those series and you saw his arm... <laughs> Makes yeah. you think like, hey, this guy's got something, you know, and it might not be like, I totally think here's my philosophy on college football for real. If somebody is going to be special nine times out of 10, you can tell immediately. Like it in is, my experience covering obvious, a team yeah. that had a lot of really talented players in there, the people who wound up being Heisman finalists and first round draft picks nine out of 10 times were great. The second they stepped I've, on the field, it might've had growing pains. But they had they had special moments that you're like, holy crap, that guy gets it or that guy has it. Um, And I think you can do that at the quarterback position a little bit. Now, he's a freshman. Um, He should be going to the prom, you know, all that stuff. But like, I do think that like I would want I would you know how I am with starting. I would I would accelerate his development to see if it's possible for him to be my backup this year. And and then in camp, if he keeps doing it, listen. You're Alabama. You're going to roll your helmets out there and beat most of the teams you play. If you decide in the middle of the year that, that maybe it's not – because we've seen this before. We, we saw this in 2016 where they started uh, 
they started Blake Barnett against USC. And then they inserted Jalen Hurts, and that was all she wrote. Jalen Hurts right. was started for the rest of the year. We saw in 2015, they started Jake Coker. They weren't sure. They start Cooper Bateman at the beginning of that Ole Miss game. And then they realize, oh, nope, nope, Jake Coker's the guy. So it's not like they haven't done that in the past. So maybe that's what happens. Maybe somebody winds up the starter. I, I Again, just reading tea leaves and watching it look like Milrow to me. But if he's the starter and then – but you think Ty Simpson or Dylan Lonergan, like you think there's a chance that that's the person you might want later, you can, you can work them in. It's, it's not that you've got the Texas game there, but you've also got a game in Tampa at USF that mm-hmm. you can work with. So – like they've got a they've got a possibility where they don't have to be just completely to to use one of your phrases pot committed. Well, the the thing too about like you know the Texas Alabama discussion is that like last year it would have been a disappointment for Texas if they would have gotten blown off the field by Alabama, right? Yeah. I think the expectation from Texas fans are to have a very similar game with a chance to win like they had last year, you know, and with Alabama, um, them losing that game, I think would be really, really tough look for them as they're tr- like, cause this is supposed to be a year where they, they get back a little bit, you know, and if you're going, yeah, in, it like, would, it would be, it would be damaging. Now you've got, when's you the got last time we had a discussion like this against Al- about Alabama in the, in it's April, been a long t- it's been a long time. It, yeah. It's been a long time since we had any doubts about them going into a season at all. So it's, it's, it's interesting that we're here and yeah, I looked at LSU. I don't think Nussmeyer's going anywhere. So they, they've got Jane Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer who both of them feel like they could be very good serviceable. Well, we, we saw Jaden Daniels lead them to an sec West title. I think Nussmeyer could take that team equally far. So that's the deal. I, and, and I said this, I had this argument with somebody about who do we think that the media will pick to win the SEC West at SEC Media Days. And I said it may be LSU. And, and I don't even remember who it was. They were like, no, no, there's no way. It'll definitely be Alabama. It was me. I think it may be. Oh, it was you. Okay. Yeah, It'll be I LSU. I'm somebody else, right now. Somebody else agreed with me too. Um, so right now I'm looking at the 2020, what's, what year is it? 2023? Yeah. Uh, National championship odds and Georgia's plus two twenty five, Alabama is second plus five hundred five to one, and Ohio State is six to one. So they still have the second best odds to win the national title this year. Yeah, and now part of there that too go. is perception and and whatever. But like, it's not like we're, we're talking about a team that stinks. We're talking about a team about yeah. of whether or not it's going to lose two games or not. Yeah, and using your your one of your favorite stats, the talent composite. I believe they're still going to be number one. I don't think the new talent composite has come out, but I believe they'll they'll still be. I think one. they, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's for sure, but that's who I would guess it would be. So, yeah, I, I'm I am not going to predict the demise of the Alabama dynasty until I see it happen. I'm just not doing that. But I'm just never going to predict it. I'm just going to analyze it when it does. Like I got a lot of flack though, Andy. Like Georgia fans like lit me up when I said, um, when we had the argument on the pod about how I said Alabama is still the best program in college football. Like that to me, like was a was a big sticking point in Athens, and of course, rightfully so, they're back to back national champions. But if Alabama turns around and goes nine and three this year, then it's like, oh boy, 
you know, we'll have a very I'm, I'm different kind of conversation on them the being very, yeah. very good again this year. So, yeah, um, you know, but this is also too. It's just like, well, do we trust that Nick Saban's going to be able to figure it out? I, I don't know that he's yeah. given us much reason in the past. I think, to, I think he's to earned that, that trust. Wrote. So, yeah, right. I think I think he has. So, any other spring games stick out to you? I, I watched some Nebraska. I loved loved what Matt Rule did, where they ran the the fullback dive the first play and they handed the ball to Frank Solich on the sideline. I, like that doesn't win you any games, but that does win you some hearts right off the bat, which that relationship needed to be mended anyway. Frank Solich. I mean, I really just come out running the Nebraska. Oh yeah, for sure. So Sorry, I thought, I, I thought we're, you were talking about the play they ran, but yeah, we could go and we can get into Frank Solich a little bit because he well, went no, out and I had mean, a really, really good career at Ohio after. I mean, he's a good coach for sure. He, he was a very good coach and, and that, you know, we, we always look at what, where a program started to fall. That move was where Nebraska started to fall. Now they had some good years under Bo Pelini, but they never did reach the same kind of heights again. So I thought that was, it's an important mending of fences. Now that doesn't win you any games. The question is, can Matt rule make Nebraska win games? This is, this goes back to the, the conversation we were having about Dion. You didn't need to hire Dion to fill Memorial Stadium at Nebraska. They had 60,000 people there on a very cold day. They would have, no matter who you would hire, because it's Nebraska. The question is, can Matt Rule get that done? I, I, you know, when you have six quarterbacks, you can make them all live in the spring game. That was interesting to watch. Like Jeff yeah. Sims, there was a play where the blocking, it was a third and short, the blocking completely breaks down. It's a sure sack. I'm waiting for the whistle because I've watched enough spring games to know that if somebody gets within two inches of the quarterback, they blow the whistle. And then I forget, oh, he's live. And he just runs for like eight yards. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's nice to be able to see what this would have looked like in a real game. Because I think that probably helps Jeff Sims in that quarterback competition to have them know that that's something he's capable of. Right. So, Andy... You read Three Star You, the story that I did with Dave and Mitch last week? Yes, yes. Uh, well, if you haven't read it, listeners, please go read it. We, we, we put a, a lot of time into story. it. But yeah. anyway, so basically we just figured out which teams are best and worst at developing three, four, and five-star prospects on a percentage basis, not total numbers. And Nebraska was by far mm-hmm. the worst at developing Real four-star bad. prospects. And – when I say that, between the classes of 2009 and 2019, they signed 67 four-star prospects. Off the top of your head, Andy, how many of those got drafted? Do you remember? Just drafted. Percentage was. How, how many, what's the total that they signed? 67. 67, okay. So I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that five of them got drafted. Three. Three. Oh, man, it was worse than Three. So, like, I I look at – because the thing that is so interesting to me about Nebraska is that even though they've been so terrible on the field, the recruiting classes that they've brought in have all been, for the most part, top 25 classes, Mm -hmm. which means that Nebraska, to a certain extent, can recruit recruit a roster that's pretty good in comparison to its peers. If maybe not – maybe top 30% of the Big Ten, at the very least. And they've been so terrible as it pertains to attrition and development over the course of the past, you know, 10 years or so 
that it's made them impossible for them to, to put out a completed product. So when I look at that information, it makes me think, well, if Matt Rule can be a better evaluator, because just right. because Nebraska find, was signing top some, 25 players doesn't mean they find were the some right Hassan fit. Reddix or, or actually a low four-star version of Hassan Reddick, because I believe Hassan Reddick was a zero-star? Yeah, so. I, I think that like if Matt Rule can sign the same exact type of classes that Nebraska was already signing, but also but they just be better evaluated fits, personalities, character, all that stuff. Um, they stick around into the program and they actually develop these guys. Like there is a clear path to me for Nebraska being a pretty good football program. Like if you're a Nebraska fan and you read that story, you might like put your hand in your in your face and just go, "Oh my god, I cannot believe it's been that bad." But I also think there is an aspect of that of, well, at least that explains what went wrong and here's how we can fix it. So like the fact that they have Matt Rule here, who's like the model of, of functionality. Who right? did it at Temple like, and did it at Baylor. Yes. Nebraska has been the example of dysfunction. So if you go get a guy who seems to be the opposite of that, he's not the flashiest yeah. dudes in the world. He's not going to go out recruit Alabama, but what he could do is sign top 20 classes with players who fit his system, keep them in the program and actually like develop these guys. There's absolutely no reason why Nebraska can't be a 10 and two team. There's none. So I'm not saying year one or even year two, but add into the fact that Nebraska also is going to be a very attractive place in the transfer portal moving forward. And Matt rule has name recognize recognizability. Like it might not be the heartthrob, you know, Scott Frost coming home to save the program that he won a national championship with. But this is probably a more functional and good hire, I'll say. Like when it comes to, you know, Scott Frost was a home run. When he, when they hired him, there wasn't a single person, myself included, that would have criticized that. But when right. I'm looking at this now, based on what I know with how that went, like this is the route that I feel like Nebraska had to take. Find competence, reliance, and you know, functionality, and you have a coach that can make that team a 10-win team. Yeah, and and the thing is, this this might just be a case of them figuring out what actually works best for Nebraska now. Because Keeping them there, yes. Yeah, the, the, the idea of trying to hire someone who, and they've gone through various versions of this, of we got to hire this type of person, we got to hire this type of person. They needed to hire a developer. They, they really needed a That's a, a really good point what developer. you said. Go back. Yeah. I interrupted you by misunderstanding you, and I want you to say it again. Nebraska had to hire somebody that understands and who fits what they are now and not somebody who's trying to make them what they were in the 90s. Exactly, because you're not going to because the, the world has changed. But if you, if you have an accomplished developer, because you think about the level of recruiting class they've been able to get, where you're talking yeah, about you know, kind of – low top 25, someone who can develop those guys, someone who's a superior developer of talent with that base to start from is a 10 and two, 10 can, and two team is a, is a top 15 program in the country is right. It's I possible. agree with you. It's doable. Like, yeah, it's like, we always talk about too, of when it comes to Nebraska and their failures and what, when, what went wrong in the last 25 years, we always talk about their geography and how hard it is to get the Lincoln on official visits and how there aren't a lot of players in Nebraska. Like, Oh, that's true. But in spite of all that, even in the face of dysfunction, that team is still routinely signed pretty good recruiting classes. So bring in a guy who's yeah. stable, who you can trust, who's done it at multiple places, who signs. The, I'm not even asking him to sign better classes. I'm asking him to sign the same well, I, ranked, I ranking type I, I classes with better fits. I actually think the ranking fits. may go down. 
the ranking may go down a little bit because, and, and I've seen this with, it's not just Nebraska. I've seen this at multiple schools where you see the coach kind of chase some, chase some recruiting stars a little bit just to goose the ranking. And that never works because you get people who don't fit or you you don't have the right class balance or your position balance is all off. That doesn't help you get what works for what you do. And I think that is what, Matt Rule probably will do because that's what he's done in two other places and it worked both times. Yep. Yeah, no, I, so, you know, I'm not trying to hype them up and saying they're going to win a national championship in a few years. No. And I don't want people to, to misunderstand me, but I do think that Nebraska, you know, there might've been a sense of hopelessness. Like if Scott Frost can't do it, no one can. And I think that that might've been wrong. I don't think they're hopeless at all. Competitive competitiveness in the big 10 is the goal and it's possible. It's, it's it's not impossible what to be competitive done. in the Big Ten, right? Exactly. They could do that, and, and I don't, and, and I don't care that the divisions are going away. They're still going to be able to be competitive. Like Wisconsin is changing strategies to try to stay competitive in a divisionless Big Ten. Nebraska can do that too. Rule's pretty smart. He knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. and I just if he can do what he did at Baylor, which he was on the show last week, and I think if you read between the lines, what he said. Baylor was a harder job when he took it than Nebraska is right now. I don't even know if it's reading between the blinds. I think he pretty much came out and said that. I think it's doable. You believe that? So, yeah, because of the, I mean, how awful the the scandal was. Oh Baylor yeah, well, yeah, of left. course. And, yeah, that's unprecedented. Yeah, that that for roster, sure. that roster was in such a bad, such a bad place. Sorry, I was thinking, Nebraska I was thinking about was. it in terms of Baylor, the job now, but now looking back. Oh no, Baylor's a good job because yeah. Matt Rule yeah. helped make it one again. So. Yeah, but that's, that's I would say that Nebraska's a harder job than Baylor is now. Yes, correct. Correct. I, I would agree with that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is not a a spring game situation. This is just an update on something in the podcast that we've decided is very important for for the 2023 season. That is the drive for 325. For those who don't Mm -hmm. know, Iowa offense coordinator Brian Ferentz had his contract reworked. And basically, they've got to win at least six games. They've got to average at least 25 points a game or his contract terminates. It is a loser leaves town match with your job, essentially. Well, our own Scott Docterman at The Athletic asked Brian Ferentz during a press conference last week, is that going to change how you call things? And here's what Brian Ferentz said. 24 to 10 against Wisconsin, 30 seconds left in the game. Will Iowa approach anything differently as far as kick a field goal, or is it 
hey, we'll, we'll continue to take the knees and take the fourteen. That's probably a better question for the head coach. Okay. I'm not interested in that, and I could care less, Scott, honestly. Right. If this is my last year being the offensive coordinator at Iowa football, I'm at peace with that. And if we're beating Wisconsin 24 to 10 with 30 seconds left, you can bet your ass I'll be at peace with that. I like how Scott slipped in there that they're beating Wisconsin there toward the end of the question. Because at first I was like, wait, are we talking about kicking a sad field goal at the end of a 24-10 loss? So he was saying to kick a field goal in order to get to the point quota, right? Right. And it's not a quota. You just have to average it. So if you can score well, no, you have to get to a Wisconsin, point to, yeah. you're probably going to score more than 25 against most of the teams you play. So that's a, that's a good sign. Also, too, I know like <laughs> – Iowa fans were kind of fired up. I mean, honestly, I don't know what the guy could do to win now. Like, what's he supposed he to say? What's he going to say? Yeah. Is he going to come out there and go, we're going to light it up. We're going to light up the scoreboard like the 4th of July. I think I would probably so be McNamara like, said, I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed if I were him a little bit, right? Like, not just of because, course. not just because of the output, but also this contract is a little bit like, just embarrassing. I don't know. Like, it's, well, uh, how, do you, how do you answer questions about, about that? He was talking about that's, you know, He's talking about why why I'm at Iowa. You're at Iowa because your daddy's the head coach. That's why you're yeah. the offensive coordinator at Iowa. Like, daddy. Unfortunately, there's no nice way to say that because yeah. in any other situation, that person would have already been fired. So I don't want anybody to lose their job. And I feel bad for the guy having to answer these questions at this point. But he's taking the paycheck, and it's a pretty damn big one. So yeah, we're gonna talk yeah, no. About it's, it. When you when you get uh, that that much money, I guess I would be embarrassed that way too to have the same salary. But it's uh, it's just like what a no win salary? situation for him. No, but his salary yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, right. It got reduced, but it's still very high. So that's that's the situation. So we now know there will be no running up the score from the Iowa Hawkeyes next year. Can you imagine? Like the, to even get in a position where they could run up the score would would be such a victory for them. I mean, I think you might see running up the score a ton in the early season, so that he's not in that position against Wisconsin. Well, you but have to be careful, I would like... be really open to the idea of it setting up where Iowa has to score thirty-one points against Wisconsin for him to keep his job. Could you imagine, like, if you go into that game knowing exactly how many points they need to score? It's a rivalry uh, game. That would be so funny, well, entertaining, it, it compelling. Would, it would be the Iowa. It would. It would be. The, I'm excusing the Nebraska game. That's the, the Nebraska game. game. Yes. Yes. Because it. Because it. If they. If they got into that game five and six, because they have to win seven games, so you have to get yourself bowl eligible there. So you have to win it to get bowl eligible. And then what if? It, what if you're right on the average? Like they're averaging twenty four point nine. If you score twenty five, it takes you right above. Like that is. That would be fun. A lot of fun. Michael, By the Michael way, Grubbs just said he would take won that me game as, last year. Uh, Michael Grubbs just said he would take me as the head coach of the Friends family. Let me tell you something. I think I can hire a great staff. I think it would be entertaining. Be head coach. <laughs> but you might score of more. Of course points. I would be. I get I guarantee you though, I'd be the most talked about. Nah, still Dion, but you'd be second. No, I think I'd beat him. You just say the most ridiculous things possible in every press conference. Can you imagine? Dion doesn't talk to reporters. I would. <laughs> Can you imagine the sound bites coming out of this mouth? It would be amazing. It would be. I mean, not. You'd have to stop gambling. 
I would. That, oh. that would probably be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We saw what happened to all those well, NFL players over the well, weekend. If I got Kirk's so. salary, I think I could be okay with that. Oh, yeah. I, I just want one year of that salary. I always tell people, like, I'd be a terrible AD. I'd be so incompetent. But it'd be awesome for me because I'd get that salary for, like, nine months, and then they'd fire me and have to pay me the rest of it. I If you could take one job at a college football program, which one do you think you'd be the best at? Uh, sports information director? Oh, I think I would be best at. Uh, I think I'd be somewhat me. qualified. You know, at least I've dealt with them on the other side. I think I would be really, really good at um, the the recruiting aspect of it. Oh yeah, not the, the breaking down of the players, but I think like the GM aspect of it. But the GM watched a ton of film. I couldn't go watch an offensive lineman who ranks you want to you want to set up one hundred and twelve and figure out. I want to do the visits. I want to be the person who contacts. I want to be the person who who puts out the food. I want to be the first contact of every kid that we decide we're recruiting. I think I'd be good at that. I I like that, and I think you would you would design a hell of a cookie cake because you know you. And I also think I would in in their hotel room for the official visit. Do a pretty good job of being the person who decides how we allocate our time and where we're going based on our location and like where where we would attack and stuff. I think like if I turned it into like you know, the map of America was behind me in my office and I had all the pins. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be, and like, I was obsessed with it every day of my life. I think I would be pretty good at that, but I'm also arrogant. I can't fathom the idea that I would stink at the job that I criticize people over. So, uh, and star, maybe that's stars mattering would be, it'd be interesting to see if stars still matter to you. If you were at a place where you couldn't ever sign a five star, I think I would, I would say exactly how Barton Simmons says it. I think that's how exactly how I would act. I say, I know that they are important. And I know that those elite level players are the teams that win you a national championship game. Unfortunately, I'm at a program right now that isn't in that same sphere. So what we have to do is we have to emphasize the evaluation aspect of this to build our program so that one day we can be in the conversation for those prospects that we can't get right now. It's a perfect way to say it. That's exactly right. All right. All right. We got to go to trivia now. You just came from Trader Joe's, which I believe is still a sponsor for, for our friends at the audible, Stu and Bruce. So the, the, Category for today is produce. You ready? I feel yeah. like this is a good one. I guess. I wish I just, I just, my goal is by the time the football season starts to get one of your trivia questions white. Did I get, did I get one right yet? Uh, I, yeah. You no, got I got cheers right. Yeah. Right. I got cheers yeah, you got right. Cheers right. So this is a multiple choice question. So at worst, a 25% chance of getting this one right. Okay. Which of the following? is not botanically classified as a berry. Strawberries, tomatoes, eggplants, or avocados? All four of those are berries? Or, I mean, all the, one uh, three of, of the four of those are berries? Not, one of them is not a berry. All right, say them again. Sorry. Strawberries. Strawberry. Strawberries, eggplants, tomatoes, avocados. I mean, I'm just going to guess eggplant. The answer is strawberry. All the other ones are berries. You strawberry is actually many. (laughs) You're coming in here with a brain buster on me when you know I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I figured. If if the all if the 
I only mentioned one thing we, we generally think of as a berry that you'd realize it was a trick, but you did not. No, I didn't. No, I'm, I'm not smart enough for that. I thought that was like the layup answer that, um, uh, <laughs> a berry is a fruit that does not split apart at maturity and it derives from a single ovary and the whole wall is fleshy. Uh, they're not all tiny and they're not all sweet. According to, uh, CarnegieMuseums.org, uh, the, the strawberry is actually multiple fruits together embedded in one fleshy package. What color do all bell peppers start at? Ooh, that is a good question. Yellow. Green. Ah! Is it, oh, is it what? the longer you let them stay on the they vine? Change they change colors the longer. Oh, yeah. okay, I got um, you. I should have and known that. We grew jalapenos and they work the same way. I think that most plants do. But again, I'm not a botanist. Is that the right way to say it? Uh, that, that would be the right way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got so many questions about food that aren't like I, I know nothing about produce, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't think I knew much either. I just I remember reading that that on that same website I'd read. I can't remember what brought it up, but but I read it a few days ago and was like, this is incredible trivia right here because I had no clue that a strawberry wasn't a berry. I had no clue I, yeah. that an avocado was a berry. Yeah, I didn't know that any of them were a berries. Uh, I, I just thought that a strawberry was a berry. Whoever named it should be fired. <laughs> um. What common well, food with the scientific name Malus Domestica is also the first name of Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter? Apple. I could have gotten it with Malus Domestica. I didn't know Just either of, of those things. Malice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. What do so, you mean the malice? What is that? That helps you? How? That that's that's the Latin name for an apple. Sorry, I don't know Latin. Latin. I grew up in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay it's okay uh miller cunningham in the chat asking if we have any draft predictions for thursday miller you don't need we're just going to have draft preview shows this week so you're going to get a lot of those coming up tuesday and wednesday uh tuesday our friend bruce feldman is going to join us that tuesday for the podcast we'll record it on monday so if you're watching live it'll be it'll be on monday afternoon and we'll put out the exact time for you on twitter but we're gonna we're gonna talk draft with Bruce. We're gonna talk his DJ Ui on the Lay story, which dropped on Sunday, which is very interesting. Uh, a lot to say about Clemson and about his new situation at Oregon State. So we'll talk about that, and then the next day we'll get you ready for the draft. And we are gonna be up late Thursday night recapping round one. I have all a the fun date night. That could be had. A double date night on Thursday night. Uh, that starts like at seven thirty, so I'll be back for it. Yeah, so, well, and obviously you guys are all going to be watching the draft, so I I, I appreciate yes. that. Yes, yeah, well, we're all going to be watching the draft on my phone. Um, I don't know how you're married. <laughs> do you go on double dates a lot? Do you go? I'm just curious. No. Do you go on a lot of double dates? I have no friends. No, no, we, we do sometimes. No, or, but does your wife have a ton of friends? Well, here here's what happens when your kids get older. Families just all meet up, or like one time. I don't even know how this came to happen. It was a Friday night and some, some neighbor kids were over hanging with our kids. And then a, a couple friends of ours uh, called and said, Hey, can our son come hang with, with 
your son and the neighbor kid because they just texted him and said they're hanging out. And we're like, yeah. And then they got here and they're like, yeah, we're going to go to dinner. And then they're like, why don't you guys come? And then they they texted the parents of the uh, the other kids that were at my house. And they're like, why don't you guys come yeah. too? And so yeah, we, do we, a lot of, the, we do a lot of that. We went to the, the restaurant in the front of the neighborhood yeah. and, and the grownups went out. We, like we called our niece over and we're like, hey, watch them. And then we all went out. What happens a lot in my life is my wife, who's very my. Are you a big planner with like a calendar and all that, or are you not kind of as just good like as I should be? Yeah, I'm terrible. I, I've at it. I've started to have to use like with the podcast and all that. I, I've started to have to use a calendar. Otherwise, you just you'll run into something that you needed to be at and you're not there. Yeah, my wife will ask me like April fourth. Hey, what are you doing in three Thursdays from now? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I'm having for dinner tonight. What I'm free. And then this happened and it's like, Oh, it's the draft. Like I, I'm like terrible at that. It's like, okay, well we made a commitment with two, two other people to go out to dinner and it's always her friends and their husbands that we go out with. Um, yeah. And I just like, I need to be better about like, let me just give me five minutes. Let me check to make sure. Cause like 99% of the time I'm not doing anything. Cause I've got no friends and no life. Uh, but we do have a lot of double dates and like activities that my wife plans far in advance that I accept invitations to before mm-hmm. thinking it through. And then if I back out of it, then I'm an asshole. So it's like, there's like, when, there's when a lot your daughter's of pressure. Old, she'll help you with this stuff too. We were having breakfast the other day and there was a little flyer on the, on the table for this, restaurant fest that they're having in town and it's basically you know 30 restaurants in town they all come together you pay 35 bucks a person and you can eat samples from every place and it sounds like a, a pretty cool event and i'm like yeah we should try that and my daughter looks at it and goes april 27th that's the first day of the nfl draft i'm like yeah. yep you're I right i hope my you daughter will be on top of it yeah uh, <laughs> i'm a big dra- i'm a big draft guy too so we'll uh you know i don't know that i have oh, don't to sit there and watch no, if you I don't. And listen to Mel Kiper. I like to see. I'll, I'll be following along. Yeah, no, um, and, and it, we we may have some friends pop in on that episode as well sure. because we've done it before. Where we've live streamed the entire first round. That's four hours. You you don't you don't need that much of us in your life. I, I assure you. But we, we're definitely going to recap it after the first round. Uh, we'll we'll have some friends pop in who either you know covered some of these first round draft picks or just folks who have a lot of takes off the first round of the draft, and it'll be a lot of fun. But Bruce Feldman will join us. He, If you haven't already read Bruce's mock draft where he talked to all the different college coaches who had a game plan for all these potential first-rounders, it is really fun. It's one of the most fun reads he does every spring. So read that, and then his DJ Uncle Lay story is fantastic. So you have your homework. Pre-draft stuff is more fun than the post-draft stuff, right? I 100%. Like, okay. we are going to, we're going to have some ridiculous predictions – I love like I, I don't love this for CJ Stroud, but this whole CJ Stroud is now dropping thing, which clearly that's some team that wants CJ Stroud to drop to them. He's probably getting picked in the top five. He'll be fine. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's, it's a- crazy how this stuff just sort of snowballs when there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but I'm excited. It's a, it's a this is a uh, the closest feeling that we'll get to a game week. Uh, yes in the offseason that we can get to this is, so. so in 2020 because this you know april 2020 the pandemic was still very new to us and fresh and we were all very locked down and like i remember the the first round of the nfl draft was the first time i felt like okay we're gonna make it through this thing like yeah <laughs> we we're gonna have sports again someday so 
it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one. But yeah, we're, we're going to talk mostly going draft, into the draft, Andy. Not to cut you off, but going into the draft, yeah, yeah. it's a college football discussion. We discuss how good these guys played in college, and mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah, where they coming out to be is where they, and all where that. They coming out, this? it's the NFL, yeah. and that's out of our range. So, but we'll we'll talk about all of it, and I'm excited about it. All right, everybody, do your homework or don't. It'll still be fun. We'll talk to you tomorrow.